Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mompreneur podcast. This is a podcast where experts, uh, mompreneurs, come and share their journeys, their tips, their suggestions for women around the world, for mothers around the world who are starting their businesses or want to be entrepreneurs or to upgrade their businesses and grow their businesses to a very high level. So today we have Miles Biggs uh, on our podcast. Uh, he is internationally known for his book of Unseen Work, and he's an amazing storyteller. And if you Google his name, you will see a lot of amazing thought-provoking content. So <laughs> welcome, Miles. It's such an honor to have you on our podcast. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here. So to the audience who don't know you, can you give us a little bit introduction about yourself? Sure, happy to. So like you alluded to in the intro, I'm in the content creation space. So I have a few different podcasts. Started podcasting three years ago with my first show. And in 2020, that show was listed as a top 15 podcast of 2020 by New York Weekly, which is really exciting. And in October of 2020, I gave my first TED Talk, published my first book, both entitled Unseen Work. And now I have another podcast and live stream series also called Unseen Work. And so I love talking to people, capturing their stories, spreading their messages, in addition to sharing my own journey with folks. It's a really fun creative outlet for me that started as pure art, like I was just doing it as a hobby. And then along the way realized, oh, wow, I can make money doing this. This is also a business. And so I have a full-time job. I have two kids. So I'm not a mom, but I, you call me a dadpreneur. Uh, parent, parenthood itself is a yeah. tough journey. Doesn't, no, matter, doesn't matter whether you're a mom or a dad itself yeah. is a, by doing, uh, by how, by you being a parent and you going through the entrepreneurship journey itself is a tough journey. So yeah. kudos to you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. And so I do this. This is my, my one of many little side hustles that, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just love to experiment. I love to test and learn and try a lot of different things. And so if you Google me, you will see a lot of different things. And that's by design, mm -hmm. uh, just putting it out there and seeing what sticks and then picking what sticks and going deeper like I'm doing with Unseen Work. Hmm. I think it's very intriguing when you come and say a book title of Unseen Work. And the reason why I'm saying that is most of the people who didn't actually go through entrepreneur journey or who want to go through the entrepreneur journey, they always see the entrepreneur journey as a full bed of roses they will see that after one or two years, you will end up in a charter flight or something like that. Sure. But once you go through the journey, you will know that there are a lot of factors to count in, not just you working hard and trying to find opportunities, but a lot of factors to count in. So it's really amazing when you created this book of unseen work, where you're giving importance to the work to the persistency, to the commitment, to the dedication it takes to reach a certain goal. Could you a little bit elaborate on your motivation towards bringing in the Unseen Work as a book and as a podcast? What is your uh, vision? What is your mission by bringing it to the world of Unseen Work? Yeah, great question. Um, so 
it's what you said, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a business and in a year I'll have a Tesla in the garage and a, a jet down at the airport. And it, it's easy, right? We see these Instagram lifestyles and we say, I'll do that. And so you get started and mm-hmm. you learn very, very quickly that mm-hmm. it does not happen overnight. And if it does happen overnight, the ability to sustain it long-term you know, will go away, right? Just as fast. You won't, ha- you don't have that ability to sustain it if it did actually happen overnight because you haven't built up the foundation for it. You haven't become the type of person that mm-hmm. can handle that level of success. Mm-hmm. All of that happens in the unseen work. Mm-hmm. So my first podcast I mentioned, I started expanding my circle with this podcast, using mm-hmm. the microphone as an excuse to reach out to very successful people mm-hmm. and just make the ask to hear their story, talk to them, get their advice. Mm. And as I was unpacking all of their stories, you know, they're all seen for these things. I've talking to, spoken to people who have won the TV show Chopped or gotten deals from sharks on Shark Tank. And mm. you see that, you see that moment on TV mm. and they didn't roll out of bed and walk on set and win these shows, right? There's amazing stories that lead them there, amazing failures that they had to learn from yeah. to get there. And so at some point, the, the phrase just came to me, like it just mm. kind of fell out of my head in this phrase that I kind of anchored the Ted talk around and then built the book off of is that I believe you have to do the unseen work so that when you are seen, you have something to show for it. Mm. So people want to be seen. I want to be famous. Well, for Mm. what? Well, for, (laughs) you know, this, Mm. well, okay. If you're going to be seen for that, you better be able to back it up. And how do you back it up is the unseen work. So Mm. it's a very simple idea. Like people hear it and say, of course, yeah, I've got to, I've got to put the work in. But it's those simple ideas that are sometimes hard to accept because everybody always looks for that easy button. Mm. That's why we click on all these social media ads that promise us something so quickly, right? We, we want to circumvent the unseen work and just take the easy path. True. But whenever I've spoken to somebody who has sustained that success, mm. they didn't take the easy route. They went right through the middle, through all the crap and the hardship and the struggle and the failure. And now that they're seen, they can use all of that to maintain their success. And so that's what I built the book off of. The book shares lots of those stories of the people I spoke to from the podcast mm. as examples. Mm. And as I started to develop the idea and come up with the types of unseen work or some frameworks around failure for how you can turn failure into some learning and not look at it as such a negative thing, mm. I started to recognize the unseen work happening all around me in my life, mm. which was interesting. It's sort of ironic. Uh, it's like that movie. Um, oh man, just, I lost the movie, but uh, where oh, inception, we're like mm. the dream inside a dream inside a dream. Right. I was, True. I was working on my own unseen work while capturing other people's unseen work while writing unseen work. And it's just this funny cycle for me, mm. but it's the idea that if you could put a name to it, right. Just work is like, meh, no one likes it. Mm. But if you can recognize in the moment when you're struggling and you can reframe it to say, okay, I don't love this, but I'm in my unseen work. That's what this is. Okay. So I recognize I'm in my unseen work. Now, how can I take this and leverage it and make the most out of this unseen work so that I can try to catapult myself forward? And so that's what I just build on now. What I'm passionate about now is there's so many people on these entrepreneur journey journeys Mm. that are frustrated, ready to hang it up, ready to quit. When I just want them to realize that you don't have to quit. You might have to pivot a little bit, but you also might need to realize that you have everything you need, all the tools you need around you, 
Mm-hmm. Or you've already had that experience that you might think is not related to what you're working on now, mm-hmm. but it's actually the exact thing you need to draw upon in this moment. Mm-hmm. Bringing that awareness to people through the different frameworks, even just the name of unseen work, so that they change the way they approach situations, they change their mindset to go from victim to you know victory, and and keep pushing forward. I think that's a beautiful way to put victim to victory. <laughs> um, I, I think in one line, it's trying to tell you what it, uh, what that whole thing is. Um, again, you um, brought in an important point when you said pivoting. Yeah. When you talked about agility, adaptability. Can you a little bit tell about the value of adaptability, especially in entrepreneurship journey? Um, how did your core value of adapting to the changing scenarios, adapting to the failures, um, juggling the life of both being a parent, making sure that you spend time with your kids and give them that emotional support and safe environment, but at the same time, creating your own world of, I would say, a customized entrepreneurship. Yeah. How, how did you do? How does the value of adaptability came into your picture? Sure. Um, I feel like being adaptable, you know, at face value, some people might think I'm going to adapt kind of, it's like go with the flow. Like Mm. you don't need a plan. You'll just adapt. Mm. Being adaptable takes intense focus. And Mm. like, you have to choose to adapt. You have to have that plan. Mm. The more structured you are, the more routine you have, the more ownership you have over your timeline, your schedule, and what you spend time on, that's what allows you to adapt, in my opinion. When you leave all this space open and say, I need time to adapt, I need to allow myself to adapt, that's often what doesn't happen, right? That time gets filled with other things. It gets filled with binge-watching TV shows or you know, all of a sudden you spent half an hour on TikTok and you didn't realize it. You just kept thumbing <laughs> through videos and it's very easy to do. So for me, as a, as like a core value of adapting, like I have to schedule time in my day to show up and work on this world I'm building. Like you said, like I've got my morning routine where I wake up at 4am, not because I want to, not because I even have to, to get my day done, but I have to, in order to take care of my world, you know, the parenthood, bringing that into it. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to properly take care of your kids. Yes. Right. If you don't, have, if your cup's not full, you can't pour out of it and fill up other people's. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wake up at 4 a.m. to get my workout in before there's a toddler running around upstairs. Right. <laughs> I, I get down and I take care of myself physically so that mentally I'm sharp and I have the energy I need to chase two kids and go to work and, and build my thing. And then I can have my morning coffee and my breakfast and do some journaling and do some reading while everyone else is asleep. But that's like my time to prime it so that I'm on as soon as those kids are up, I can be the best version of myself to, to not be the angry, frustrated, sleepy dad, but Mm -hmm. to be the energized dad. Right. And when they're older, be that role model to show them, Hey, this is what you do, right? If you want to do this, then this is the path you take. And we establish these habits, these routines, and it'll become a family core Mm -hmm. value with my kids when they're older. So I do that. And then I've got my day job and then I've got the after work stuff where it's the kids routines, dinner, bedtime, story time, right? All that stuff, hanging out with my wife for a few hours. Mm -hmm. And then again, I made the decision. Okay. When my wife goes to bed at nine o'clock, nine 30, I'm not going to bed. I'm staying up. Mm -hmm. 
until 11, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not advocating stay up super late, wake up super early. Like you need your sleep. That's important. I have figured out over experimentation on myself, just how much sleep I need in order to function mm-hmm. and still be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. And so my routine has been crafted over some trial and error where I know as long as I get to bed by 11 a.m., I can wake up at that, sorry, 11 p.m. I can wake up at that 4 a.m. like point and be fine and not be mm-hmm. a Grinch, right? So and then I schedule it and I do that where I have days where I don't do, I, I go to bed with her and I don't stay up and work, but then there's two to three days a week where I'm up and I'm working. I'm recording a podcast. I'm editing stuff. I'm creating new ideas. I was writing the book. I was practicing the Ted talk, whatever it was. And you schedule the time for that. And then where you can adapt is what you do in that block of time you scheduled, mm. but you have the time blocked off to do something relative to this business you're building. Mm. And then you can adapt and change what that is. Mm. So I guess the short answer to your question would be, (laughs) how do you practice being adaptable is schedule it. Be rigid in your routines. Mm. Be rigid with the time, the blocks of time that you set aside for things. But then within those blocks of times, that's where you can adapt and have some flexibility to explore new things. Mm. But it's building that routine of showing up and being available for the ideas to flow and the creativity to flow and the business to build. I think this is very unique. I have never heard about scheduling to be adaptable. So, uh, but also it makes much more sense, right? So if you force yourself to block some time um, where where you're creating an environment um, of uh, forcing your mind, uh, creating that vibe for uh, to bring in the creativity, to bring in the efforts that can help you in your entrepreneurship journey. Um, Let's talk about entrepreneurship and parenthood. Um, I think it's very important for the audience to know about it. The way I see entrepreneurship itself is a very lonely journey. Um, You have, if you're a solo entrepreneur, um, if you don't have a co-founder, if you're building something by yourself, for example, like you, Miles, right? So um, you came up with the idea, you wrote the book, uh, you came up with the idea of podcast. So it, it must be a really, yes, we have a support system of family, friends, and so on, but it is just you going through the journey. And the way I see it, you are your best friend or and you are your worst enemy. So you have to constantly um, self-motivate yourself, constantly pat at your back and say, it's okay, this didn't work out. Maybe, as you said, you have to pivot in a different form. Uh, And coming to, if you're a parent and you're an entrepreneur and you're going through an entrepreneurship journey, then there is an emotional baggage on the both areas. Yes, you don't want to feel the guilt of not spending time with the kids and with your family, but also you don't want to um, just ignore uh, the efforts, uh, the time it takes to build um, that uh, brand that you're, you're trying to build. Um, what would your suggestions, how was your parenthood and entrepreneurship journey went so far? And what did you learn in, in that journey? How did you adapt? And what would your suggestions be to any of the parents uh, who either want to take entrepreneurship journey or who are already an entrepreneur and they are going through entrepreneurship journey. Yeah, I think it starts with asking yourself why you want to take an entrepreneurship journey. Like what's the goal? Why are you doing what you're doing? 
Because some people, I think, like the idea of being an entrepreneur more than they actually like being an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. if you want to be an entrepreneur because you want to be able to have flexibility in your schedule and make a bunch of money and spend time with your family, well, newsflash, probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to be prepared to bleed. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose time. You're not going to be around your family. It's a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Again, the unseen side of things, right? Yes. If you're going to be an entrepreneur because you want to have schedule flexibility and make a bunch of money and be able to spend time with your family, you probably should just go get a job. Like Mm -hmm. leverage your skills and get a high paying job with a Mm -hmm. a set schedule and flexible work hours and pay time off. And now you've accomplished what you set out to do with being an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that whole side with family where I think it's like, you don't really want to be an entrepreneur. You want the good good side and the benefits of it. And if that's all you really want and all you're looking for, you got to find that someplace else. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I didn't really set out with this saying, I'm going to start a business. It was mm-hmm. really and truly just a creative hobby. I mm-hmm. had the job mm-hmm. that was not in marketing. So I started my career in marketing. Okay. And about 40 years ago, I had moved over into general manager role where I was overseeing a company instead of okay. working within a company. Okay. So now I went from being the guy doing stuff, creating things to the guy helping the people who are creating things. Mm-hmm. And I missed getting my hands dirty. I missed creating something and and learning new skills when it came to the actual hands-on side of marketing. And so I created a podcast as a way to keep my hands on the pulse of what was going on, to keep the skills sharp, to learn something new and to have that creative outlet. Mm. And then realized how much I loved that, didn't love the other side of my career. So I actually made a whole career change. I left that job and went to do a new job Mm. into marketing. So now I work in a marketing agency versus as a GM of a, like running a business for somebody else. Mm. So I think that's, that's something to reconcile with yourself too. When we, when we answer this question is, are you going to do it to pay the bills when you say you're an entrepreneur, or are you going to do it as a hobby that makes money? Cause you can still be an entrepreneur. It's still a business. I have a company. I, I pay the taxes on it. I have a product. I'm, I have customers. I make sales, but somebody once called it a defensive entrepreneur to me. And I think that was an interesting phrase that mm. you're not just quitting your job to go follow your dream and start a company and make money and be the entrepreneur, the, the good stuff we see on Instagram, like we said, right? You're doing it on the side, slowly, organically, the right way, not the quick way where you're raising capital and going into a bunch of debt and not sleeping and right. You're doing it on the side the right way, sort of defensively, protecting yourself. You think of defense, it's protection. You're protecting yourself, your family, your time, your money while still going after it. And it's a side hustle that you monetize. So that's the route I've taken. So Mm. with the route I've taken to answer your question, it's easier to manage the family side Mm. because I'm not depending on this business I'm building to pay the bills. Mm. So if I just decide I don't want to work this week on my podcast or my coaching or take a client or promote the book or I don't, I don't have to, mm. it's, it's there when I want to, and I can put it down and come back to it. So it's, I'm not, I'm not a, like the true entrepreneur in that sense, I guess. Right. If, if people listening to this might be thinking it, and that's the problem with this too. The, the, the names are so like diluted where it's like, what's an entrepreneur, what's a side hustle, what's it. Right. So, mm. but what I've done is I built up, again, being adaptable, I've built up the way I do this around the family. So that the family's first. Mm-hmm. I'm working on this when people are asleep. 
like I said in my example earlier, mm-hmm. it's early in the morning or late at night when people are asleep mm-hmm. so that I'm not sacrificing that time with my wife and the time with my kids. I'm there for them first. And then the business I'm building gets what's left. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do the opposite when they're depending on it to pay the bills. They give everything to the business and the family gets what's left. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way I wanted to approach it. Yeah. And that's, again, very important point, right? So when, when you're a parent or when you have a family and you want to go to entrepreneurship journey, there are a lot of factors to be considered. There are a lot of questions to be answered uh, because, again, as you said, there are bill payments, uh, mortgages, oh, yeah. uh, family uh, budgets, and then there is entrepreneurship journey, which is a no promise. Let's, let's talk frankly, right? So we might have a brilliant idea, brilliant product. Maybe it's too futuristic that people are not ready to accept at that point. Right. Or um, there might be something missing in the um, product market fit. And so there are a lot, a lot, a lot of factors to consider. In. And um, I think you, again, brought in a very important point about self-sufficiency when you're starting the entrepreneurship journey. Um, we, I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs um, including me, uh, we actually didn't go for VC route. We bootstrapped our own company, taking yeah. a part of the savings and trying to see and play around for next two or three years to see how it goes. And I see a lot of that community started to build in uh, where people are, again, there are different sets, right? So um, I bootstrapped my company, which gave me the flexibility to try and play a lot of things, right? For example, I'm writing a book, which is going to be published in the next three months. Uh, I could able to start my mompreneur podcast. I could, um, I could, write article for uh, for several brands. Um, I could be an advisor for multiple companies and so on. So um, I created my own ecosystem of entrepreneurship right. where I can try, learn. Yes, I will fail, but it's a constant adaptability and pivoting of the system. And uh, we see a lot of people now bootstrapping, want to do multiple things, not just creating a company, but creating a brand. I think that is what um, we need to end um, this podcast with this last point of discussion about creating a brand. Um, when you're an entrepreneur, or whether it can be your first startup or second startup, or creating your own um, different ecosystem of services, which you have done, um, is creating a brand. And you being in marketing, what are your suggestions for entrepreneurs? about branding. What does branding actually mean? Is it branding of the founder? Is it branding of the idea? What does branding nowadays actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's most people think it's the logo, right? It's like, (laughs) I'm going to start a business. So look at this logo, look at this tagline. I'm Mm. done. That's my brand. Mm. (laughs) And that's part of it. But these days, I mean, geez, 2020 brought everybody virtual, right? Whether you Liked it or not, maybe you brought along kicking and screaming. You know, you could not ignore the internet anymore as some people were trying to. Mm -hmm. So it used to be that content marketing online was sort of part of your marketing strategy. 
Hmm. But in 2020, it really, it became your marketing. Like hmm. there's not content marketing and marketing really anymore. It's like content is marketing content is king, as they say, it's mm. never been more true. Mm. The brand is everything. The brand mm. is how do you make somebody feel after they engage with you? Mm. Sure, it's a logo. Sure, it's a tagline. It's the messaging. It's the colors. But it's, but it's just more, part of it now, right? It's right, just more, part of yeah. it. It's not the whole thing now. Right. More than that, it's how all those things combine. Right. It's it's what, you, what you're talking about, not just how you're talking about. Mm. And then that emotion, like people buy from people they like and they buy because they feel emotionally drawn to it. Hmm. Logic is rarely the thing that makes us take action, <laughs> right? Otherwise we would all make much different purchases than we make on a day-to-day basis. Yes. So building a brand, again, you have to make the choice, right? As an entrepreneur, are you the brand? Are you the main brand? I should say, because no matter what your brand is, hmm. you are the brand, you're a part of that brand. If it's, mm. you're the entrepreneur and you're out there putting yourself out there, they might buy the brand you're building because of you and your personal brand. So there's mm. this in, in, interesting intersection of the personal brand and the brand mm. and which is which. And then it's the community too, right? So we're mm. online. You have people that listen to this podcast. You have people that are going to buy your book. People, they want to engage with other people that are like-minded, right? So then it's mm-hmm. the, it's like, it's your consumers are part of your brand. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to just be like, there's your brand, right? Like that one <laughs> thing is the brand. I think it's a mix. It's a mix of all of those. Mm-hmm. And you've got to pull the levers as you're creating it to understand what to spend the most time on or what needs tweaking. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I, I feel like it's a, it's a feel thing. Like when it feels right to you, mm-hmm. when you get fired up producing it, creating it, seeing mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and it fires other people up and you've got that exchange of a fire and excitement mm-hmm. and people are purchasing, right? That's when you know you're really onto it mm-hmm. and you can sustain it moving forward. Uh, but more importantly, you talk about adaptability and being able to be flexible mm-hmm. when it comes to branding, I think you need to be a little bit adaptable in the beginning as you're figuring out. But once you figure it out, the key to branding is consistency. Hmm. So like the podcast, releasing a podcast weekly, every single week, people know on this day at this time, they can come to you Hmm. and find the podcast or go to your social page and get the content or you go to your website and the tools available. Hmm. It, you build trust through consistency. You build authority through consistency. You build the brand through consistency because it's never been easier to start a brand, to start a podcast, to spin up a website. Mm. So there's a lot of noise out there and you mm. cut through that noise by consistently mm. being there and not mm. falling off. Mm. Uh, that, that plays big into the brand as well. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Miles, a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and I think this podcast was very unique because we, we kind of went... Um, and hopped into different topics from being an entrepreneur about marketing, about branding, but more importantly, um, about parenthood and entrepreneurship journey, how to embrace that and what it takes to go through that journey and, um, you know, savor both the amazing moments of professional and personal life. Thank you a lot and have a great day ahead. Thanks, you too.